0: Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, welcome to your Saturday, January 30th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is game day once again. Busy weekend of hockey. A ton going on. It'll be three and four days for the Flyers and for the Islanders, having played on a Thursday night against the New Jersey Devils and back to back games, both 7 o'clock starts uh, here in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. So a lot of hockey uh, to be watched, a lot of hockey to be consumed. There'll be 12 games in the National Hockey League on this Saturday, and every team in the East Division will be in action. Uh, Good weekend of hockey, and look, when you see a weekend like this and all this action, a lot can change in the weekend. Flyers come back from the road trip, four-game road trip. They end up with a record of 2-1-1. One, one. They get five of a possible eight points. Of course, they lost the first game in the shootout to the Boston Bruins. So game two, they lost 6-1. And then the back-to-back wins over New Jersey, including the win on Thursday, with a 3-1 uh, victory for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, coming up tonight, they're going to face the New York Islanders. We know the Islanders ended the Flyers' season in the bubble in Toronto in that Game 7. Uh, a 4 nothing win for the Islanders. Flyers got down three games to one in that series, pushed it all the way, a couple overtime goals, pushed it to that Game 7, but ran out of gas in that Game 7, and the Islanders moved on to the conference final. But uh, the Islanders on the season here, early, 3-4-0. and oh, Kind of a team that, like a lot of teams around the NHL, trying to put my finger on it, trying to figure out what they are. Are they that team or a semblance of that team that was in the bubble that went to a conference final? Are they a team that was really inconsistent in the second half of the regular season before the pause last year. We'll need more, more data, probably even more data than we see this weekend to know what the Islanders are. We'll need more data to know what the Flyers are uh, than maybe just this weekend. But as uh, we'll hear in just a couple moments, I'll speak to Bill Meltzer. Uh, Looking at this stretch of games the Flyers have coming up, we'll get a really good litmus test because the next three opponents, all two-game series, the first two at home and last one on the road, they'll be against teams that we all predicted would be some of the better teams in this East Division. So two with the Islanders today and tomorrow, then Wednesday and Friday against the Boston Bruins, who the Flyers uh, just lost twice to, and then the Washington Capitals in D.C. on February 7th and February 9th. So a really interesting six-game spread here coming up for the Flyers, coming off of that New Jersey series, two, win- two straight wins, but now two with the Islanders, two with the Bruins, Two with the Capitals, and at that time, presumably, the Capitals will have back Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Samsonov, and they'll be back to their full complement. So you will get a, a Washington Capitals team, I would say clicking on all cylinders, but they just hung six, a six spot on the Islanders on Thursday night after the Isles went up 3 nothing in that game. Ultimately, Washington beat the Islanders 6-3. to so we'll have, a, we'll have a pretty angry Barry Trotz and New York Islanders team that the Flyers will be contending with tonight and tomorrow. But let's get to Bill Meltzer right now. We kind of look back at the road trip, the four-game road trip, where the Flyers went 2-1-1. One, and one. And we'll look ahead to these uh, upcoming six games and more with Bill Meltzer and he joins us now from nhl.com, hockeybuzz.com and philadelphiaflyers.com. And it is Bill Meltzer. Billy, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Jason, you know. Well, better better than a couple games ago. You know, it's it's funny how it's funny how the
0: perspective can change in a hurry sometimes. Yeah. It, and it's all about result, right? We always say, you know, sports are a results-oriented business. But when you're in the midst of a season, you worry about something called process. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, sure. No, absolutely. I
1: mean, if if you look at from a process standpoint, I mean, the Flyers, by their own admission, by by Elaine Vigneault's admission, have not played anything close to their best hockey this season. But they're sitting, you know, they're sitting here now, you know, uh, what five 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 two and one through eight yeah. games. So, you know, in terms in terms of results, I mean, you would have said going in eight games in, would you take that? You know, you take that. It, it's uh, you know they're record wise record wise they're doing they're doing well but uh yeah but the process definitely needs a uh, cleanup in a lot of areas as we talked about last time and there was some progress made in, in certain areas over the over the two wins against the devils but you know truthfully not enough i mean the flyers are still gonna have to play better it's the same what they've been doing
0: bill can you look at it and say hey they're five two and one they haven't played nearly their best hockey yet that speaks to how good they are is that a statement that maybe can ring true or not I don't well, to, feel like it is.
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't either. I mean, to to the extent that we knew the team, we knew the team had depth going in, you know, and they they've shown you know, they've shown that depth in the wins that they they have, you know. I mean, they're they're still without Couturier, they're still without uh, Phil Myers, you know. Um, who knows, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like Myers may not be that far away, and Couturier may be a, a couple more weeks. I mean, those those are still big losses of the team, but you know they they've been scoring goals not just not necessarily by like generating a ton of shots and chances just by being you know very opportunistic with the ones that they've had but you know uh, somebody just posted online today uh, some some statistics where i mean the reason the flyers are scoring is they're getting a lot of tipping goals they are getting some pucks to the net and that that is how you score in this league so you know it's not entirely a fluke that they've been they've been scoring as many goals as they have and they they have talent on the roster um you know like we can take the second game against the devils and this was this is a game where the fourth line stepped up and, and delivered for the team so you know i mean they, they do have the personnel to be able to win but on the flip side i mean you're not gonna you're not gonna win with any consistency getting you know held to eight shots through 40 minutes you're not gonna win with any, any consistency being on the, the negative end of the the quality of chances that they've had in you know in a lot of games and you know still trying to figure out some things in terms of the you know the blue line. Hopefully, uh, you know. Hopefully, Shane Gossisbear continues what he's been doing because it's been. Uh, you know, his pairing with Provorov has been been sound in the in the two games. They've they've done well for the most part, and you know. But it, but I mean, there's still there still are things that I think that uh, if you look at look at the picture as a whole, I, I think if they continue what they've been doing. It's going to be hard to sustain that kind of success. They have to get better.
0: Yeah, eventually the process and the result will fall in line yeah. uh, with a long enough, a big enough sample size. Bill, when when you look at it right now, and you used a great word, that, you know they've been opportunistic. I've called them efficient on offense, but you need more. When when you look at kind of the ozone, the, all three zones, the ozone, neutral zone, and D zone. When you look at it, is it guys thinking out of position, not moving their feet? Is it effort? What, to your eyes, what do you see as the biggest issue with regards to execution in the zones?
1: I, I think a big piece of it. I mean, it, it's just not doing very well coming through the neutral zone. Those, those kind of things. I mean, just just executing executing plays. I mean, that that hasn't been there with the consistency that you need. Um, but the, the the other part of it being too, you know, I mean, there, there's the execution side of it, but there's also the the puck support side, and that and some of that is. You know, some of that is just the the ditch digging, hard work of, of playing. You know, and um, they haven't won enough battles in some games. And I don't I don't think it's effort necessarily, but I do think that uh, you know, but I think that players that that need to win those battles aren't winning enough of them. Um, you know, it, it's in some cases, you know, in, in like uh, I mean, one one thing that I found alarming in the the first game that the Flyers played uh, in in Boston, or it was the second game? Sorry, pardon me, it was the uh, the six to one game. And usually, usually, if you're going to get out hit, you have the puck most of the night. When you get help, got get out hit by a wide margin. I mean, you've got the puck, so you're, you know you have to hit the guy who has the puck. In that game, the Flyers got out shot and outchanced chanced by a wide margin, but they also got out hit by a wide wide margin. Those two things don't compute if they're both happening together. You're you're not playing well at all. You know that when that's the case. Then um, in that second game too, they did much better in face offs. Okay, so you have the instant puck possession, but yet all the other all the other things weren't falling in place so they weren't winning those second and third battles that ensue you know after uh after you have that initial possession so those are those are all things that uh you know are you know it's going to happen from time to time but it should not be happening in you know six or seven out of every eight games so that's uh you know um honestly jason i i think one of the best things that come out of the the win uh the second win against the devils was uh right. Vigneault. yeah well, he was uh he called out his top top two lines in that yeah. game and said after he said, "Well, you know you don't critique a win, but he was not happy with the Kevin Hayes line. He was not happy with the Nolan Patrick line after after the fact. he made and he made no secrets about it.
0: and I was so marveled at his performance in that press conference after the game because it was uh, psychology one oh one as a head coach. And you know, hey, you don't you never question a win. you don't critique a win. Right, <laughs> but allow me for the next five minutes to critique the wins, which yeah. which is what he did. And I mean, he he made it clear who he was talking about because he said he really liked that fourth line and uh, the Bunneman line, and he really liked Scott Lawton's line, which left the other two lines, the Nolan Patrick line and Kevin Hayes line. And boy, did the Kevin Hayes line with with JVR and Travis Konecny saw very little ice in that third period.
1: Yeah, they, they they sure did. And I mean, if you go back and look at their shifts in the game, go off our line change when they needed one. You know just just not playing smart hockey um overstaying
0: you know, players, a shift never good you know, or
1: overstaying shifts and that, yeah. that's something that there was you know one of the hidden keys to success last year was that the top players were skating the same number of shifts but they were shortening them that that's that's an efficient use of your bench you're getting guys on you're getting guys off you, you give a few rodman rushes that way you know you're fresher in third periods all, all the all that ancillary stuff that adds up in the course of a game you know, and I mean, it takes, it takes team-wide buy-in. Um, and there are players who are putting up you know, good numbers so far. I mean, yeah. you know, Kevin Hayes has eight points in eight games, but I, I think he'd be the first to tell you that if you look at his all-around game so far, it really has not been where you needed to be, particularly with Katori out of the lineup. They need him to set a two-way tone, and although he's producing offensively, I don't think he's really played his best overall hockey so far. And it's, it's certainly not just him. It, it, it's a lot of players on the yep. team. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's something where uh, I'm glad the coach called it out, particularly particularly with the team winning back-to-back games. And you know, you're, you're facing the team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year. You're going to need all hands on deck for these games. Um, the Islanders are on a losing streak of their own, and you know, they they're uh, it's a it's that uh, catch twenty-two. Sometimes you're you're running into a, you know you're running into a team that's on a losing streak. Is that is that the best time or the worst time to catch them? Right? Yeah. Um, I I think that the Islanders are going to play a pretty good two games against the Flyers and the Flyers have to be ready for those games.
0: Yeah, after going up 3-0 on the Capitals and then giving up 600-inch goals without Ovechkin, without Kuznetsov, without a lot of key components there for the Caps to, to have that happen, Barry Trotz's message will be heard. There's no doubt about that, and they got to listen. You can't tune it out at that time. You know, Bill, it's funny because, you know, you talk about overstaying shifts and stuff, but yet another number that defies logic when it comes to the Flyers so far, and again, this is a small sample size, so you take it with a bit of a grain of salt. But 15 third-period goals leads the NHL. And they've gotten it done in the third period to, to get wins this season uh, when the game was still hanging in the balance. So it's just one, another one of those things that defies logic uh, for this team right now. But that have, uh, being a good third-period team is something they should grab as, a, as an element of identity.
1: Oh, Absolutely. And last year, the Flyers are one of the best third-period teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, if you – you know, we, again, we're back to talking about process. You know, you go go back to the first game against Boston. The Flyers took a two nothing lead into that third period that they probably didn't deserve to have. Yeah. Car- Carter Hart was really, you know, was really the reason the Flyers were leading in that game. It's funny because we look back at it now, and Carter gave up four goals in that third period, one of which the coil goal he probably should have had. And that's the one that made it two to two. But I mean, I, I have a very hard time faulting Carter in, the, in that in that in that five four game. That, that just Everything just kind of collapsed around a them. Meltdown, that, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, but I mean, the, the Flyers have given given up a lot of goals in third periods too. They're scoring a lot, but they're giving up a lot. You know, the, uh, the of course, the second game in Boston, that one, that one got out of hand in the third period. It went from a you know, you're, you're trailing, but you conceivably could come back to being a blowout. You know, the uh, you know, they, the game. So they, they you know, they've had a couple games that have gone south of them in third periods there too. Um, I, I think that. I mean, truthfully, I I like the closeout better uh, in in the the most recent game that, you know, once the Flyers got got on top of the Devils, they had a pretty good third period. I thought that's the that's the kind of identity that you want to have. So in that in that respect, that was a step forward.
0: Yeah, that's a a closing mentality and that's a big thing to have, especially when you're only facing your division and you want to close teams out and not go to overtime to do it. You don't want those three-point games unless you're on the losing end. Uh, Bill Carter Hart, what a bounce-back performance it was. He was really good in that second game against the Devils and his outing prior was the one you just alluded to, the 6-1 loss to the Bruins where he teed off on the net. Um, and maybe the goal that he really didn't like in that Bruins game was that second Marsh angle, yeah. where he got him short side. Maybe a little bit of a product of a couple backdoor goals earlier in the game caught leaning a little bit. Maybe a little too in the middle of the net. First of all, do you do you buy it that 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 puck wasn't deflected on the goal uh, uh, by Severson last night, or is he just not using that as an excuse?
1: Yeah, I, I think he didn't want to throw a teammate under the bus there. Yeah, which, <laughs> I I I mean, just he reacted the way a goalie reacts to the puck is deflected.
0: Yeah. you know he, every, every element of his body is reading low and he's going yeah. low blocker and everything yeah. yeah
1: i mean and also that's that's a shot where you know listen when, when it goes off the far side post it in you know sometimes you, you're, you're conceding you can't cover everything you know yeah. um it was you know so it it uh you know may, maybe could have had that one it, it, it all worked up but yeah i i didn't i i didn't think carter wanted to do uh, to throw sent under the bus at all and and there was so no I, sh- I should attract it better or whatever mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of my read but I, I couldn't really tell in the first place whether it partially tipped or not it was just, just more by his, the goalie's reaction
0: yeah I broke it down frame by frame because I have this uh, the video cast from the NHL yeah. for the broadcasters and I and I'm like man I think that was definitely deflected high because the stick was on that angle like a ramp right. too when it, cause right. he kind of leans in for that to get a stick on it but um has got to play that gap a little bit better um, yeah. yeah, moving forward, if Phil Myers is to come back for the game, uh, the games against the Islanders, uh, who comes out, does Nate Prosser stay in, uh, does Eric Gustin and go stay in together? What's, what's your feel on that?
1: You know, last game, he'd blocked some shots. I don't, I don't think he's any kind of a, a long-term solution as a, you know, as a top six guy, but if he can come in and, and give you some quality games before he exits the lineup then then you know, so, so be it. Um, the Flyers did end up a couple times though, with, uh, you know, with, uh, Gustafson and Gustafson and are we were both on the ice at the same time yeah. uh including what yeah I mean it just, it just it just worked out that way they weren't intentionally put out together I mean I, I I'm leery about that as you know about those two guys on the ice at the same time unless you're trailing by a goal late in the game or something and you're just looking for offense yeah. but yeah. yeah but I mean I I just I just think that the mix works better I think you need you know I I think you need to have more of a a pk kind of guy in the lineup because you have you already have guys that can play power play now you know the one thing Gustafson does do very well uh, is, of course, once the puck is in the offensive zone, and he's shown it on, uh, you know, on, on four different assists this season, go back to the two in the first period against Pittsburgh in the opener and both last night. I mean, he gets pucks on the net, and that, that slap pass to Giroux for the tip, it was, was gorgeous. He froze he froze every defender on the ice on that play. And also, you know, his, his other assist, I believe that was in the uh, second Buffalo game, that was off of a gorgeous stretch pass. He can make stretch passes with, with the best of them. As long as there's a lane, sometimes he'll try to throw one when there's really nothing there and it closes off and it, you know, comes back as a turnover in the neutral zone. Um, so, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's going to give, he's going to take. Um, but I, I, I think that to me, the number one job of your defense, uh, each defense on your defense score is to take care of your own end of the ice. So, you know, I particularly, particularly if Ghost is going to stay on the top pairing for a while, Ghost can play power play. and you know, obviously Provrov's on the top unit and, and Sandheim can play power play too, you know if, if you need him on a, on a second unit. So I think that um, you know if, if I had to pick somebody to come out it, it would be gossip so just just immediately. Again, I, at some point Proster's going to come back out again. Um, but yeah, but if, it, but if it was a choice for it was a choice for Saturday night, you know I, I might I might put proster in for one more game.
0: Well, Elaine and Vino look like a a genius putting him into the lineup when obviously a lot of people questioned it uh, and a little bit shocked when they saw that Prosser was going in uh, for Robert Haig coming out, and obviously uh, Mark Friedman as well. We'll see if one of them maybe draws back in here soon as well. Bill, this upcoming stretch is really interesting, uh, what they have on the schedule. Uh, You're going to start with two against the Islanders, a back-to-back, both in Philly going to remain home for the next two against the division leading Washington Capitals, who by the way, haven't lost a game in regulation yet. Yep. Um, it, just a really interesting kind of schedule they have coming up for the next couple of weeks uh, over this like next six games in particular with uh, the Islanders series, uh, the, the Washington Capitals series and Boston in there as well. in that mix uh, we should learn a lot in this next six games and really kind of week and a half on the calendar.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. This is, this is a, critical stretch you know yeah. you can uh you know obviously all with all these back-to-backs you want to get at least three out of four points whenever possible i mean that, that would be that'd be ordinarily anyway but just because these are all divisional games as you can see things are already tightly packed a good week or a bad week is going to move you you know could be a difference of several standings places so you want to you want to build a little bit of a cushion too if you can uh it's not it's not important that you finish first at the end of you know the end of the regular season you have to be obviously in the top four in your division to make the playoffs you want to again you want to build a little bit of separation between yourself and the teams that are chasing you because when you face face them head to head you play eight times a season it's going to be hard to win six of those games seven of those games yeah you know so you you want to you want to establish yourself early I, i think they facing some teams that have been hot i mean the one you know, I mean, it looks like Boston is getting hot now. After yeah. you know, they started with the games against the Flyers, so you know, you want to you want to stay right, you want to stay right in that pack, and you're going to be playing some of these teams head to head. So, yeah, I think I think it's a, a critical stretch. I think it's important to you know to to play better in general, and obviously, you know, it's starting starting back from our starting point that it's a result-oriented business. Obviously, you you know, you want to pick up as many wins there as you can, and regulation, preferably, of course. But I mean, I think. I think you want to start playing the right way, and, and, and then the results will take care of themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at it, too, with, with this division, and you know the Rangers are a team off to a really slow start. When you get into the later part of February, mid-February even, you're going to start to see desperation for teams going, okay, if we continue to fall behind here, we're done, because it's right. going to be too hard to make it up. So you're going to start to see desperation creep into a season a little earlier maybe than we expect. And um, the, look, from an intensity standpoint, you're going to have to match that you know, and that's going and that's not incumbent upon the coaching staff. There's no rah-rah Herb Brooks speech to make the players do that. That's incumbent upon a professional athlete to be ready for those games to match that intensity.
1: Absolutely, you know the, you know the old saying about the standings and in, in late December. Yes, it's happened. The teams have come back and made the playoffs. Not very often though, and you have to, you have to empty the tank just to get there. You, you need to, you know, you need to avoid those prolonged losing streaks and to. You know as you said you're going to start facing some desperate teams teams that that are only thinking empty the tank tonight and and go from there yeah. and uh you know the flyers don't want to be one of those teams in that position because it it uh you know particularly with all particularly with all of these uh you know we talk about back to backs but you have you have if you have a single back to back in there you know like here the flyers are the three and four and so are the islanders i mean that's a lot of points in a hurry that's a lot of you know Uh, Both teams have fatigue factor to it, but, but if you're the team that has to shorten the bench, you know, if you're, if you're the team that that's playing certain guys, like, uh, you know, as if it's a playoff game that you will, you will run out of gas by the stretch guaranteed.
0: Yeah. Every player, players will hit a wall when you're playing six and 10 or six and nine days or anything like that. And the schedule is nuts. Um, Bill, this is awesome. Uh, flyers be back at it for a weekend series with the Islanders and it's a rematch of that playoff series from a year ago. It should be very interesting, and uh, like we just said, over the next six games, I think we're going to learn a lot because you're going to get the Islanders. You're going to get Boston again, who is, like you just said, uh, they're on a heater right now, and they're buzzing. And then the Capitals uh, presumably will have Ovechkin and you know, the Russian contingent back. So, All right, coming up tomorrow, it'll be a double whammy. It'll be a day after game edition and a day of game edition back-to-back games at the Wells Fargo Center against the Islanders. We'll break it all down tomorrow, and we'll get you ready for game two of this two-game set between the Flyers and the Isles right here on an all-brand-new episode tomorrow of Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening.